I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back. This is part two of my stomp of Reincycling at Entwistle Reservoir in Bolton. When you think of summer, you probably cast your mind to sunny countryside stomps, long nights, alfresco dining, and sipping cocktails with friends at a barbecue. And you'd be bang on with that. However, no matter what you're doing or where you are this summer, it's important to keep hydrated, which is why I'd like to introduce you to our sponsor this week, Harrogate Spring Water. The Harrogate Spring Water ethos is to drink life in. And so they're encouraging us to make the most of summer with their mindful drinking mission. So, to help us consume our cocktails a little more carefully, Harrogate Spring Water have created their Mindful Drinking Hub. Myself and the much-loved celebrity bartender, Merlin Griffiths, have teamed up to join Harrogate on their Mindful Drinking mission. We've brought together my tips and advice for mindful drinking and Merlin's delicious alcohol-free Harrogate cocktail recipe together to make sure it's a summer to remember. So thank you to Harrogate Spring Water for helping us celebrate a bit more mindfully to get the most out of this summer and for sponsoring this week's episode of the Stompcast. Don't forget to head over to Harrogate Spring Water's Mindful Drinking Hub at www.harrogatespring.com forward slash mindful drinking hub or click the link in the show notes. Reem, we've been chatting a little bit about hematophobia, so a phobia around vomiting, being sick. Yeah. And I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the treatments, or a little bit more depth about the treatments that you've had in terms of therapy, I think, specifically. Because yeah. some people might be listening, and for various reasons, whether it's anxiety-related or otherwise, they might be thinking of having cognitive behavioural therapy, so CBT or hypnotherapy. As someone's experienced those, what, what happened in those sessions, and you know, what can you share with us? The, the hypnotherapy one fascinated me the most, to be honest, because I didn't... You see it all on TV, don't you, where people get hypnotised, they click the fingers... And I was thinking, what is going to happen here? But they they did it. I don't know whether I was... They kind of put me under, so to speak, where they, they kind of rest you. And then memories were just... When did they put you under? What, did they like, what, what happened? They kind of made me watch something. It sounds really ridiculous yeah. now. So you're in a, a therapy you're room, in a, therapy so in a room. seat, a couch, whatever, or, or seat. What was your... Yeah, what was like, the a setup? Comf- like a comfy chair. Comfy chair, right. And there was a nice lady opposite, and she has me to watch like a what would you call this? Uh, like chime, a pendulum, like pendulum, thing. pendulum, yeah. Um, pendulum, just to chime, relax, pendulum. switch your mind off, and then close your eyes, and then try and think back as far as you possibly can. And she asks you questions about what you think is your earliest memory, yeah. which then triggers an earlier memory, and then she asks you more questions about that, and it would trigger an earlier memory. And I was saying stuff that I didn't even know really? happened in my life. And I was like, that is mental. So you went in thinking, mm, not sure about this. Yeah, but it was, it was literally like a last resort because I was like, so, something's got to help me here because I was going through a really bad phase of panic attacks and anxiety all the time. And I was desperate to try anything. Yeah. And I tried it. And that's probably one of the most successful things that's worked for me because I think I know where it stems from now. 
Um, Which, what do you think, where do you think the root cause of it is? Just being shocked and made to feel anxious as a youngster, making me feel like that. And then, like I said, hearing parents, grandparents be sick as a young age, really loud, mm. just scared me. And I've, I witnessed somebody be sick on a bus, hence why I now have to sit at the front of the bus in case I'm ever sick on a bus, which has never happened before in my life. So I just found the root cause and I thought, right, well, now I know where it's come from. Let's try and deal with it that way. And did that help? Did that, did that make a difference, the oh, hypnotherapy? I wouldn't have been able to come out here today with you if, if I hadn't have had stuff like that. Well, so, it, so it, it's not always about finding a 100% solution, right? It's gone. But even if you can make it better, I'd imagine, given yeah. what you've experienced and the panic attacks, even if you can reduce that, it's worth, worth I've got it, more something. quality of life now. If you'd have spoke to me when I was 20, 21, I hadn't been abroad, I couldn't get on a plane, I couldn't eat food. Like, all I would eat was bread and chips. So underweight, so unhealthy. Arena, yeah. it is honestly really sad to hear that because you can't help but feel like it's, it's a real shame that you had to go that long without having yeah, it, the input that you needed. And, and, and the worst thing of it all is it sounds like the stigma and the kind of misconceptions is what drove a lot of that lack of help. I do think help. things have changed now, though. Mental health is more... It's, it's taken on board now, whereas back then people were like, it's just in your head, it's just in your head, you'll get over it, nothing wrong with being sick. And it's not just being sick, it's with a lot of people's phobias. I know I've got friends that are scared of birds and it's terrified and they can't go certain places. And it's, it is like a mental health problem because it takes over your life. Well, it's a mental illness. It is yeah. a mental illness. That part of it is a, is a mental, mental illness. Let's talk about CBT, yep. uh, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy. So for people that are... I've heard that before, not heard it before, we'll talk a little bit. So the premise of CBT is looking at that connection between thoughts, feelings, actions and, and results. So essentially, like, I might think, oh, um, I'm really rubbish, at, uh, really rubbish at exams, feel really bad about myself inside and anxious and feelings in your body and, and, and things like that. And then the action is may well be really... When I go into the exam room, I don't go with confidence, you know, I compound that fear, I avoidance, whatever it might be. And then the result is that I'm not as good as I, you know, I'm not good at them or whatever. And that feeds back into that kind of thought process. So it's kind of looking to break or change, yeah, change that link it, between it? the cog cognitive side and the behavioural side to then feed a positive cycle, isn't it? Yeah. How did, how did you find it? What did that in practice look like for you with a therapist and, and, and did that make a difference? My therapist was really good actually because... He would try and speak to me when I felt sick, so he would be on the other end of the call, and I could ring him at any point when I was having a panic. Whatever time of day, he was, he was very accommodating. And every time I said I felt sick, he was like, right, but what's, like, what's the worst that's gonna happen? If you are sick, this is gonna happen. If you're not sick, this is gonna happen. And basically try to change my way of thinking yeah. at that time. So um, it's looking at the outcomes, like this yeah. might lead to that. Let's think about broadly what, yeah. what else could happen. So that was very helpful. Again, I don't think it was as helpful as the hypnotherapy for me, but I think combined, because I've gone at everything. Yeah, and I think that raises a really important point. I think sometimes we hang on to, oh, this is going to fix it entirely. Like, I get really frustrated about people saying, for example, oh, just, you know, you're taking a pill to solve to everything. No, I'm well, actually... I'm sick of people yeah. saying that. I, I, and I hear that you support post, the Post Your Pill campaign, which is great, yeah. great to hear. I hear that you... If you need you, help, you, you just need help, don't you? It doesn't you matter how, how you do it. Well, I think the point is, I guess, around Post Your Pill and the conversations we're having around that is realising that they're all just an aspect of everything else. So it might be hypnotherapy plus CBT plus stomping plus 
you know, time with family and friends, and loads of other things that come together that actually... I'm getting attacked by flies, people. <laughs> this is a real-life stomp cast, you know. When you're getting attacked by a fly, you know you're on the stomp cast. <laughs> um, anyway, I've survived the attack, everyone, don't panic. Knowing, you know, what things help and come together, that, cumulat that cumulative picture is what makes a difference, isn't it? I, I, certainly for me, that's been the case. Yeah, definitely. And there's no shame in it. Like you said, there's just no shame. So many people out there need help. And once you start speaking to people about it, it's amazing how many people open up and say, oh, yeah, I take tablets. Nothing wrong with it. So yeah. I don't know where this stigma's come from. That It's dissipating, which, yeah. is, which is really good. Let's dive into a big part of your life. So you started as a model, is that fair? As you started yeah, a model, page three, girl. page three, when you were 20, was it 21? Yeah, 20. 2021, 20, and you're now in your 30s. The world's changed a lot in the last decade or so in many different ways, but we've moved now into a digital space. I mean, in terms of even celebrities, it was all in the papers, now it's online, it's social media. And out of, I guess, social media, there was born this OnlyFans. Uh, and it'd be interesting just to talk about like what is OnlyFans for people that maybe don't know, they might have heard of things. There's so many kind of preconceptions, misconceptions of what it means. Can you talk to us a little bit about that journey for you from, from that, from page three to, to OnlyFans? Yeah, definitely. So OnlyFans, I'm sure it's frowned, on, frowned upon by a lot of people, but it's basically just a content creative platform where you can put on it whatever you like. Um, a lot of people associate it with 18 plus content. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's not always that. There's personal trainers on there, there's chefs on there. And like you said, the demise of the lads magazines and page three was cut short for various reasons of ban the nipple. <laughs> and it put a lot of us out of work. And we all enjoyed doing it. We all enjoyed having the glamorous shoots and the pictures. So OnlyFans came along and just gave us the opportunity to carry on. So... That's where. Well, talk a lot to me of our about like I mean, there's. I find it quite interesting because OnlyFans itself, as a concept, has had a lot of criticisms. Mm. People have talked, uh, like, understandably, there's concerns about like, are people of age that are going on there? And there's questions around like, are we sexualizing women? Or, you know, and things like that. There's a lot that, of that question's always been around. That's though. always that's always around. Yeah. But I'm interested in it not because I sort of, I don't have a preconception around it so much, and I think it is. It is a very open-ended kind of debate in that in that sense. But I'd be interested to hear, I guess, your perspective. So like, or like, what would you say to people who are like, well, is OnlyFans a good thing? Is it is it safe for women and so on? Um, I think it's it's more safe for women because they've got full control over their content. So it's different. Whereas when I used to do the lads magazines and things, I was forced into saying things and doing girl-on-girl yeah. -girl shoots with people who I didn't know. And it would put me in, in uncomfortable positions. Whereas now being in full control because that's what i've kind of read like a little bit about and i thought it was interesting because instantly people have kind of preconceptions around it or misconceptions is probably a fairer word and in a way it, like the way that i've the way i kind of look at it is that these papers let's be honest these papers magazines for many years have made money out of women out of beauty out of sex i mean sex sells sex, that's the yeah. whole saying uh, and it feels like whatever your views are at least if women have their control of their own photos, their own bodies, where those photos goes, what kind of content's put out, there's an element, surely, that that is better. I'm, just, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth than, than maybe having other people, third parties, controlling what well, goes Well, exactly, out and yeah. And like I said, I was forced into doing a lot of things that I didn't feel comfortable with in the past. 
Um, and I say forced because I was in contract with the magazines and it was basically, if you don't do this, then you're not in contract anymore. Oh. So he was kind of held Ransom accountable. Ransom Yeah, kind of. That's awful, isn't it? Um, times have changed. <laughs> I think a lot of things, God, that, that's terrible. A I mean, lot that's of things that we used to do, we probably wouldn't get away with now. So people would basically make you take certain photos or say things to kind of yeah, sexualise something. I do magazine interviews and if they, I won't give you an example of some yeah, of the questions, no. but they would say things and if I didn't give a saucy enough answer, I would read the it editor. in the magazine the week after. I'd be like, what, journalists edit, oh edit things and make things up? Gosh, well. <laughs> surely not, Rune. I, I mean, of course, journalists never make anything up. You know, it's, uh, it's all facts, right? Facts. Complete facts. It's a factual world. Um, yeah, I remember my mum and dad reading some of my interviews and being like, oh my God. So now my mum and dad don't believe anything that's written in any newspaper because they can just see that. They're very wise. It's embellished. Let's talk about what, what, what do you do on OnlyFans? What, because people will automatically think, right, you know, OnlyFans is like pornography that you sign yeah. up to. Is that the truth? What are the kind of variations of accounts on there? There's Just a be interested lot, to hear. There's a lot of pornography on mm -hmm. um, OnlyFans, but I don't do pornography. But then again, I guess it depends what people class as pornography because page three is now classed as pornography. That's how much times have changed. Is it? I mean, it's, it's really weird to think how times change and like things that are thought of a certain way it's change bizarre, within years. Yeah. Can you imagine opening the newspaper now and seeing a topless girl? No, it's, it's not a thing. It's just... I and do you think, do you, is that a good, what do you think about that? I mean, as someone that was there as a page three model and now it doesn't exist anymore, do you think that's a good thing? Is it better that it's at least ring fence online in terms of access? Oh, I probably have different views. I think it was very inoffensive when it was there in the first mm -hmm. place. It was there for years. If you didn't want to look at it, you'd just skip the page. It yep. was just one of those things. But I do think things have gone a bit too far now. Um, and they've kind of made the glamour girls feel like a bit rubbish. They've made us feel like we weren't worthy of our jobs and a bit riffraff. I mean, as my standpoint in life generally is that I'm quite liberal. I just think that you should allow people to live their lives their body and mind the way that they want to as long as it doesn't harm other people and you know I think that's for me my general view and, and I find it just so interesting that we're in a time where we're like yeah pro women you know feminism's massive in the rise yeah. it's a brilliant but thing don't put the nipples but don't put nipples out <laughs> and in a way it's like there's like a shaming of a different kind it is and that, that's, that's why I find that's, it because, because right if, if someone if someone decides to have an OnlyFans account and this is the way they want to this is how they want to live and this is how they don't express themselves who is who is it for other people to decide that that's not how we you know we, we accept that kind of expression or you know we accept businesses making money selling sex in this way but the body and, and and I'm using sex as a very like a broad term but that kind of way on OnlyFans is not acceptable yeah just to go back to what you said before I don't like I don't do the pornography I do a lot what's on my Instagram, but more exclusive content. So there'll be more pictures of me in bikinis. Um, I speak to the fans. I reply to people. Because, I mean, some of these people that are on my page, men and women, have followed me for, like, the last 10, 15 years. Mm -hmm. um, so it's nice to get to know them a little bit. How many followers do you have on there? Oh, that's a taboo question. Is it? You can't say that, can you not? I mean, well, people are funny with that. Really? On their account. I didn't know that. Yeah. You're not supposed because to ask. If, if I told you how many followers I have, you'd be able to work out what I earn. Oh, really? Is that why you're not supposed to? Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. 
goodness. Okay, okay. You've got some. And is it is it what is it like as a community? Like I love it. So so uh, so do you build a genuine connection? Like kind of with Instagram, you build your community. Is it a similar thing to that? I actually bold statement prefer OnlyFans because people that are on my OnlyFans are nice to me. Okay. <laughs> Whereas people on Instagram, people can message you and say all kinds of stuff, and they're not even your follower. So there's a difference, isn't there? Where mm. that's my fans on my OnlyFans page and everyone's just nice and appreciates what I do. And I'd like to come on to trolling in a moment, but before we do, I'd just like to stick on this trail of thought around society's view of OnlyFans. And, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not for or against particularly, but again, I've got a liberal view. But I do find it interesting that the boss of OnlyFans came out and said, right, we don't do this anymore, we're going to change. Um, and we're no longer going to do adult content, whatever mm -hmm. you want to take that to be. It's interesting that then everyone said, right, that's fine, we're coming off the platform. Yeah. And all of a sudden his moral standpoint changed. So regardless of whether you agree with him or not, I guess it's kind of questionable that someone would have a moral perspective then was changed because of financial driver. Yeah. What do you think about that? Even if you step away from it, what's your kind of thoughts? Well, I have a few thoughts on that yeah. as well, actually. So I, when I saw that, I'm still convinced that was a publicity stunt. Do you um, reckon? To get more press towards OnlyFans. I mean, I'm probably wrong, but I thought there's, there's no way. Like you said, sex sells, and that's got to be the biggest moneymaker for the platform. So that would have been the worst business decision ever mm. for him to go, we're not doing this anymore. But yeah, I think they did lose a lot of people, actually, because someone made a different platform, similar to OnlyFans, and a lot of people have shifted that way. Well, that's a very good point, okay? And, I, and, and again, if you look at it with, like, when they tried to, well, with the whole banning of liquor and all the things that happened you know, in, the, in the US years ago, like, when you try and ban things, like people say, we should ban boxing, it ends up going, I think underground's the wrong word, but it ends up going elsewhere, yeah. right? So if you change it on this side, go somewhere else. So isn't, it's kind of like the conversation on social media, right? It exists, it is what it is. So how do we make it safer, I guess, is what, to me, like I'd look at it as a doctor, as, you know, how do we protect it so that people that are, uh, that are online are not vulnerable, they're in the control of, the, of their, the content and so on, but also for the viewers and people that are actually signing up to, to that. And that's why, and it might surprise you, I, I started an OnlyFans account. Did you? Yeah, I did. And I, what I wanted to do, because I, 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 my concern is that people, it's like gambling or, or anything where people get really heavily into or involved yeah. in, there are implications potentially for uh, some people, a minority likely, but some people in terms of mental health. And so I wanted to create a platform on there that was free content to mental health and support for anyone that was vulnerable. Because, you know, across Instagram, you've got all sorts of kind of accounts, but you've got a lot of health accounts. And I don't really have, don't think you have a lot of that on OnlyFans. No. So I kind of wanted to bring that. But it's a shame because I don't think people didn't necessarily want that from that platform. So it's a shame. I've not really used it so much. I started kind of creating content, but I actually just didn't have, unfortunately, you enough have, time. That's a good idea because I think <laughs> I'd like to. Have, I'd like to have really made it into a thing, but it, it was very difficult to keep to maintain. But it might. I might go back to it. it still you exists. You should go back to it because going off topic slightly, but men's mental health is being more talked about now, isn't it? And I think predominantly on OnlyFans, it's a male following. Mm -hmm. Generally, do you see signs of men struggling on the platform? Do oh, people yeah. reach out to you and people say people reach out to me help? all the time? <laughs> How do you time. deal with that? Because that's a lot to deal with, isn't it? It is a lot to deal with, but it's quite nice to know that I'm helping them. Like, just some of them just want to talk. People assume that people on OnlyFans just want to talk about sex, and it's just filth, and it's not like that. My page is, certainly isn't like that. I speak to 
people I know about their family problems and I think they see it as a safe space where they can just speak to people and the nice thing is some of my fans have actually made friends and speak to each other about their own problems yeah. so that's why I think if you did and your it's like page isn't it? it's it's good because like I said predominantly male all they need to do is follow your account and it will just appear on their feed like an Instagram yeah. I don't know I, I have this view that everyone in the world is different right and you're all going to have different views on things but you've got to accept that some things are what they are and that the best thing you can do is to make it as safe as you can and support people in the best ways you can. I mean, I find it fascinating, right? You know, when sexual education started, everyone was going, if you teach kids about sex, they'll have more sex, there'll be more babies, there'll be more STIs. That was the absolute rubbish. I mean, now we've got the data to back it up and show, well, actually, our education, our intervention, our teaching at schools, giving condoms out, free condoms and so on, actually reduced pregnancy, mm. reduced STIs and so on. Not so, scaring the life out of people. Exactly. So I just feel that kind of education, that safety netting around it is is the way to go. Let's talk about a little bit now about trolling, because I've experienced trolling, but you've been around the public eye for so much longer. You've seen the transition from kind of paper press through to like online oh, press. To, the days of no to social Twitter media. <laughs> talk, me, talk to me about it. What has been your experience? When I first started, I think there was only MySpace that is going back so old-fashioned myspace good old fashion. God, I msm like i feel like i'm ancient msm um so there was no there wasn't really any trolling then or anything like that it just seemed to be the last what would you say five or six years since twitter and instagram came to light it's just rife it's just giving people an excuse to hide behind a keyboard and say whatever they want to anyone they want whereas back in the day you couldn't do that could you so you feel... Life felt easier back then. It's kind of like at, um, at school, like I feel very lucky, and I wonder what, what you feel, but I feel lucky to have grown up in an age where when you come home, you know, I was bullied at school, but coming home, you're I safe. I was bullied at school. We're both... We're both oh, we're why both... are we like this? <laughs> I don't know. What's wrong with us? Well, half, half, of it, half of all young people are bullied at any one time, so we're not alone in a room, but it is, it is awful. And... You know, I was bullied at school, but you get home and you've got this hopefully safe space. It's not safe for everyone, of mm. course. I was fortunate to have a family that it was. But now you go home and actually arguably the bullying that goes on online and the keyboards is almost more damaging than it's what worth, happens Yeah, because you're at home on your person. own. You can get a thousand nice comments and then just one nasty one. And that'll play on my mind all night. Start questioning myself. Are you a sensitive person? too sensitive i take what people say to heart my husband says i'm a people pleaser i'm always trying to please everybody else even though it makes me unhappy and i jump on the defensive if someone says something oh you're so lazy you need to get a real job i instantly want to reply and go well actually i have several jobs and i'm busy all the time so constantly on the defense because i'm just i just take things too personally all the time do you find that you get targeted because of what you do and how it's perceived by some people do you feel like people do target you sometimes? I think I'm an easy target, yeah. But then again, a lot of people in the public eye probably feel the same. I get a lot of abuse from women mainly. Really? Yeah. Well, what do they say? Well, when I tried to go through IVF, they would say that I don't deserve to have kids, that I'd be an embarrassment. been a lot of hurtful stuff said to me in the past. So I try and remove myself from the media every so often i just go dark for about four or five months because i just need to break. reassess my life and make myself feel better i was given a great piece of advice a little while ago and um, this person said to me 
when someone says something horrible to you online, you've got to think to yourself, would I go to this person and ask, ask for their advice? Would I go to them and go, do you know what, mate? I need your advice. If you wouldn't, why do you take criticism from them? Why do you accept do do criticism? But, we, but there is something within us, and it's the way that our minds are built. Unfortunately, most of our brains are wired to be defensive and negative mm. and to look at things and think about danger and risk because of how our brains are developed. And we perceive that one negative comment and go, that's right, because it almost validates our sense of like, and I guess they pick on your weak points as well, which you probably know your weak points. Exactly. Yourself. And then as soon as somebody highlights it... Or then... I would say it as you know what you perceive to be your weak points well, yeah. and what they're doing is validating your negative yeah. mind, isn't it? And, that, that's, and it's something that's hard to untangle. And part of what I've tried to do is, A, remove myself some, from certain platforms. I don't have Twitter. Do you know about you? Do, do you have, have Twitter? Twitter? I actually prefer Twitter. Twitter to Instagram. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. God, I'm surprised by that. Because Twitter is... To me, Twitter is an extreme left, extreme right. If you have any kind of middle ground on something, you get battered from both sides. I, I don't post as many bikini pictures on Twitter, so I'm, I don't get as many as yeah. much of uh, People find it differently, but I, I, I believe it's important to look at your own life, and I mean this very broadly, but look at your own life and go, what, what is good for me? What helps me? What do I find damaging? And for me, Twitter was a damaging space, like mentally. All social media is damaging for me, I think. I wish I could just shut them all down, yeah. but it's difficult for work, isn't it? It is difficult. And I think it's got to, you've got to find that balance of protecting yourself and, mm. and otherwise. I hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. Uh, if you haven't finished Stomping, then please do continue with us on to part three. We're going to talk a little bit about how you support your, your mental health and your toolkit for life. So I hope you've enjoyed, everyone. Either see you in a few moments or very soon. Goodbye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.